welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we got one heck of a developer update, a teaser for the next Bilge Rat adventure. I have a theory on the comic books for the traders or for the merchant traders and my thoughts on Reaper's Mark as well as cargo runs. That and more coming up on this episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. Pirates. First up on today's docket, let's talk about the Bilge Rat teaser that we got today. Well, not today, this last week. So in this trailer, it was actually kind of cool because we got to see for the first time kind of what we can expect with the Bilge Rat adventure outside of anyone that's been playing the Pioneer program. So with this, we finally find out that we're going to be having the Well uh, of Souls, I think is what it's called, in the Fairy of the Damned, um, some of the stuff that I've talked about in the past. And we do know that we're going to have to go and die in interesting ways to change the color of that well and then we can light our flames or or light light our lanterns with the flame from that well with that color to use it to decorate our lanterns on our ship or to go out and find these beacons out in the world now the one in the trailer is over at cannon cove now we already know now that cannon cove is going to be one of the beacons that we can find so that's that's all set and done uh, the, the thing that I thought was interesting about this was that on the actual um, on the actual beacon, you can see that there is a banner and that banner has a very specific it has like a flaming skull and the flaming skull uh, in the video looks like it's a tealish kind of green color. And I don't know if this is an indication that this is what the the beacon color needs to be because in the actual video they're they're using a purple flame to light it, and they also have some other people standing nearby that actually have the uh, the like a green flame and a red flame as well too. So I I would not be surprised if you had specific colors for specific beacons out around specific islands. Seems very much like skeleton thrones to me. I I know this is kind of like a, a Halloween one. They they haven't really I don't know if we're going to be getting any more Bilge Rat updates that are really kind of in the same feel or excitement as Powder Con- Powder Keg Skeletons because I think Powder Keg Skeletons were designed to bring in a new mechanic and so far the most of the Bilge Rat adventures that we've gotten have either introduced an interesting new mechanic which for example like the the Reaper's Mark which I'm going to I'm going to talk about later on because I want to talk about kind of the state of that and how that is represented in game now um, later on in this episode, but the the powder kegs are the other one. The other things have always been kind of like a, a go out and discover thing. Um, you know, something that's easy to do for people to be able to complete. Uh, with the the last few, we had like mermaid statues, which I hope we get a little a little more kind of information about maybe in a future update. And then we had skeleton thrones, and skeleton thrones were the first introduction of the bilge rat updates, and it was pretty simple. It was pretty straightforward. You go out, you find thrones, and then you sit in them. Some require multiple crews, some don't. With this, it feels like a like a 2.0 version. Like we're going out into the world, we're going in interesting places, and we're going to be lighting these beacons. And I'm curious to know how how soon these beacons are. Now, what what I really want to know is is this going to be something? And we have a little bit of information thanks to some leaks that happened uh, from the 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 Pioneer build about what's going on with the the beacons and the and the actual the actual commendations. We can't really tell what they are because they're taken poorly photographed off of a screen so the person can hide their identity uh that being said it's it's one of those things where i wonder if they're going to be doing something pvp enabled around this like are you going to have to go and like how long are these staying lit and do you have to go around the world and light them with a different color or maybe a color that you're you choose to kind of extinguish someone else's color and you get doubloons based on how many you have active at the time or like say like you know you can you can go out in the world, but you have your green flame, and then your green flame and your alliance's green flame will be lit uh, around the world with these different beacons. And once you have 
five beacons lit, you get five fifty doubloons as a legendary commendation. You know, something like that. Something that would cause people to have to actually defend the beacons themselves. You know, have to sail around and kind of keep an eye out for other ships to make sure no one's sneaking around trying to steal your beacon. I don't know if that's going to be the case yet, but that's kind of an interesting thing to kind of bring back some PvP to the world. Something that I think is is kind of lacking now that we have alliances and uh, the Devil's Roar, where people people are a little more concerned about surviving the Devil's Roar as opposed to fighting in the Devil's Roar. And and I actually had a, a case that I'll talk about later on in the Captain's Log that was quite the contrary to that. But that being said, I feel like the Bilge Rat update is going to be, it's going to be a nice in-between thing now that we have like the Devil's Roar. It'll, it'll kind of give us a reason to go back into the traditional Sea of Thieves, the, the three seas as I want to call them, and actually kind of uh, go go do something that's that's less, less painful than having to, um, you know, die to volcanoes or melt in pools of burning hot water or, uh, you know, Meg. <laughs> I, th I think I think we may actually have a, a chance to actually go relax a little bit in this. All right, pirates. I did want to keep on this build rat topic for now. Uh, there's a few things that I actually want to talk about that deal with how we actually have build rat adventures. Now, when the game was first released, we eventually got a roadmap about a month afterwards that talked about getting content updates and that the content updates would be major improvements to the game or major additions to the game, whether it be uh, an enemy boss or new mechanics or new areas. For the most part, we didn't really understand what they were talking about, but now we have some retrospective uh, look on what, they, what they've given us. And they said that we were going to be getting the weekly uh, events, and, and that was going to be something that was going to be in between each content update. And as much as I like the fact that we get these build rat updates between to give us something to do between major content updates, I feel like now at this point, now that we have the doubloons in place, uh, we need to actually introduce weekly events that are constantly going. So what I mean by that is with weekly updates, they come and they go, and they're not really weekly. In fact, they push them into bi-weekly so that they gave people enough time to actually do them. This is where I think that, that they should have had them as weekly so that what what you would do is at the beginning of the weekly events you would have the first week be the skeleton thrones and then the second week would be powder cake skeletons and then the third week would have been mermaid statues and then the fourth week would have been cursed crews and then the fifth week would be the festival of the damned now obviously you're talking about a month and a week's worth of content no so if you went and pushed those into the two week span you'd have uh five weeks two weeks so you'd have 10 weeks so a little over you'd have two and a half months worth of content and that would repeat and then every time they would add a new build rat adventure it would tack on an extra two weeks to that so instead of two ten uh two and a half months worth of content you'd have three months worth of content and it would continue to cycle over and you would keep doing that and then eventually you could kind of push out skeleton thrones when you had newer stuff that was more interesting and better designed or you could push out you know or, or uh add, introduce new interesting stuff in place of it the the point that i'm making is is that Build rat updates should or uh, adventures should be going on all the time, whether there's content, new content or not. Uh, if some new content comes out, maybe we have to deal with those on top of an increase in powder gun, powder cake skeletons. It seems really weird that they had they spent all this time building these skeleton thrones only to stop them and just leave them in place. You can't earn doubloons for them. You can't earn rewards for them. You can only get commendations and titles for them, and that's literally the only reason and skeleton thrones have are staying in the game so what is the point of them what is the point of the mermaid statues which are just they're actually even just turned off right now so i think they need to build build around adventures around the idea of them being a reoccurring threat that keeps coming up in the game there's no reason for us to to not have those on a reoccurring system at the moment there's like the the cursed cruise is still something you can do you can still get the balloons maybe not limited time exclusives but you can still get full doubloon 
uh, rewards for the cursed cruise. That should be the case for all of the Bilge Rat adventures. Bring it all the way back. Just have it be something that continuously re uh, repeats. Once Cursed Cruise is done, or once Festival of the Damned is done, then you go right back to the very beginning with Skeleton Thrones. And for those of the people, for, for most people, they're going to be sitting there thinking, well, Logan, I've been playing this game since the beginning. I've hit all the commendations. I've gotten all the balloons and the cosmetics from every single Bilge Rat adventure. What's the incentive for me going back to do Skeleton Thrones again? Half the doubloons, maybe. Maybe gold. Maybe new uh, cosmetics on top of like a new, new you know, maybe you have, maybe there's something that's a, a discount. Who knows? They, 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 I leave that up to Rare to come up with a couple ideas there. I'm just thinking 50% of the doubloons that you originally could have earned would be a decent enough incentive for someone to go shoot themselves up to Marauder's Arch again if they knew that they wanted to get that last level to Pirate Legend and they just needed, you know, 15 more doubloons to be able to pick up, you know, two, two skeleton thrones to pick up more, uh, one more level. You know, maybe that was all they needed. And with this content going on a, on a constant basis, it's okay if you miss out on Bilge Rat Adventures at one time because you know that it'll eventually be back. And when it comes back, if you haven't picked up that limited timed uh, cosmetics, then once you buy it, then maybe you have a chance to get it. I don't know. It's, it seems strange to me that we, we have this idea of exclusivity. Like, why are we, why, why do we feel special for having this exclusive uh, cosmetics? You know, if everyone can get it at the time that it's available, how exclusive is it really? Because it's available to everyone in the community as long as they do it. Uh, if, if it goes away and they miss out on it, then they're, it's, it's literally because they have reasons why they can't do it. Either they couldn't find people or they couldn't play during that time. Maybe they didn't even know about the game. But I'm thinking three head, three years ahead of now, when we have a slew of build rat adventures that people may not have gotten a chance to do, and cosmetics that people are, are pining for that aren't available because they were only available the first six months of the game's launch. Back before, uh, you know, the Sea of the Damned came out. And that was the, that was the one thing that finally drew them in. And now they're going back and they're trying to experience all of this previous content and they realize after searching in through videos and watching uh, photos and checking out YouTube videos that there is so much that they missed out on and now they are upset because they can't get it. That would be a pain. But if the Bilge Rat adventures are constantly going, if the time-limited cosmetics are time-limited during the event, when the event is going, then, yeah, if this person comes back in three years and says, okay, well, I really wanted the Bone Crusher set from the Powder Keg Skeleton event, and I just know that it's not going to be up now, but I can, I can definitely say for sure that in three events or, you know, six months or six weeks time, I'll be able to go back and actually get that cosmetic, then I, I get to I get to reap the benefits of having them. And then I can enjoy the game as much as everyone else that's been playing it from the start. The This whole time-limited exclusivity thing is really kind of wearing on me because it's it's something that I run into with the, the, the conventions where they have the special codes for the Obsidian gear that you can't get and have to buy codes online to be able to complete your set. Uh, I'm still Still waiting for them to to release the Obsidian Drum and the Obsidian Eye of Reach. Uh, those were those were timed exclusive in June during E3. This is now October. The Huntress came out a little bit longer than 90 days after Comic Con, and we still haven't received any word or follow up from uh, Craig Duncan or anyone else regarding when the Obsidian set is coming in. People are spending sixty dollars on these codes from scalpers who are just hoarding codes that they that they probably got from other people and haven't needed to use themselves and just looking to, to you know have a quick quick thing of cash because people are completionists they want to be able to complete full sets and this goes to the idea that if we stop making these things limited forever and just make them limited during the time that they're available, then people aren't going to be as concerned about whether or not they're going to miss out on something forever. 
and give them the opportunity to relax because this game is one of the few games where it's based solely on cosmetics and if that's your if that's your bit if that's your thing if you're just going to say look we're just going to be doing cosmetics from for everything there's no there's no vertical progression in this you only progress horizontally with the with the the trade companies and the cosmetics that are available through them and then taking something and saying no there's no way you're ever going to be able to get this once the time is passed for it no matter how many times we remind you it's really gonna suck for the people that can't get these in a year's time and that's not it, it's it's not fair to them if they didn't pick up the game maybe they didn't have a system maybe they couldn't afford it maybe you know an infinite number of reasons why they couldn't actually get these cosmetics i want people to be able to enjoy this game and i want them to be able to come in at any point in the lifespan span of this game and sit there and say i know i missed out that's that's on me you know stuff happens sorry i want to be able to get these cosmetics i want to be able to get the kraken sales i want to be able to get the bone crusher liveries i want to be able to get the bone crusher set for my for for skeleton things i missed out on the fairy festival of the damned and i didn't get the second skull lantern there's so many things that i think people should have the opportunity to have as long as it's one of those things that we recognize is okay you have to wait you have to wait for the event to come back. And I think a lot of people would love to see the skeleton uh, powder kegs come back. That was one of the best events ever. And sure, they may not like the mermaid statues, but they don't necessarily have to do it. But if they didn't like it the first time, and maybe they just have a few statues that they, they want to get some more rubies to, to complete that thing, to get some more doubloons because something's coming out that they really need those for, then, you know, during that event, they'll go out and they'll be able to hunt the last three that they needed. And it won't be a big deal because it'll be... Three Three as opposed to a hundred. So I just wanted to kind of reach out to Rare and suggest that they start to recycle these build rat adventures for everyone to give them an opportunity to either earn new new rewards that they've never had for future players or for the chance for people to get additional doubloons so that if they want to buy cosmetics, they don't feel tied down because they have to weigh whether or not they're going to get the cosmetics for this or they want to be able to get the pirate legend faster. So this build rat update is going to be coming out on October 31st first Halloween and it should be running till November 14th which leads me to the next little because I'm going to talk a little bit about what we got leaked at the end of the episode for spoilers but I want to go into the actual developer update that we got this week all right next up on today's docket let's dive into the developer update we got this last week and talk about all the things that Joe goes into now first off the Forsaken Shores limited time cosmetics are ending on Halloween. So October 31st is the last day that you'll be able to actually get these cosmetics. In fact, I would just plan on getting them by Tuesday the 30th. Because once the servers go down and come back up, we're going to be getting that build rat adventure for the Festival of the Damned. So that being said, let's talk about some of the stuff that was mentioned in the developer update. First thing, they talk a lot about going forward with future content updates. And we finally found out that the name of the next update is going to be called the Shrouded Spoils. And there's a few things about this that I'm going to kind of speculate on in a bit, but for the most part, the build rat up or the uh, the pioneers are, are are testing the build rat update right now. But soon they're probably going to be actually testing out the shrouded spoils. So the pioneer testing is. I want to talk a little bit about that because I I was talking with Dr. Bullhammer about this and he mentioned that he actually has a couple accounts and I hope I don't get him in trouble for this and I doubt he will. But he has a couple accounts that have pioneer testing. Um, and with that, I just want to take a moment to address the fact that the pioneer testing process um, is, is, is I still think kind of flawed. I still feel like the pioneer testing is nice that we have it and nice that there's going to be a little more focus on the pioneers to make sure that they're not only appreciated for their time spent testing the, the content and spoiling themselves for it, but that they're actually listening to the feedback and giving themselves time to implement like stuff that they need to do to fix bugs or to, to change feelings. And I I want to just kind of go on this a, a small rant about this because I feel like the pioneer testing needs to be in a better place more than what it is right now and I think we might get there in the future but I still feel that pioneer testing needs to be something similar to the way Blizzard does their 
public beta testing programs. Now, with public data, or but I'm having a hard time talk today, talking today. Uh, with the public beta testing programs, these are subject to data mine. So you generally have stuff that's not finished, and you generally get stuff in a very cloudy uh, format. Like Blizzard actually goes to a lot of trouble to make sure that their test realms don't reveal too much lore stuff that might be spoilery. So in place of cinematics that would be dialogue between characters regarding the scenario that you're testing, they actually put in old trailers uh, or old cinematics from previous expansions. That's not something Rare can really do with this. But then again, they don't put in in-game cinematics, so the lore bits wouldn't be in there too much. With the lore storylines, I feel like they could maybe shut those off or, or try to shut those off. And I'm, I'm armchair developing here, so everything I say, take with a grain of salt. It's not easy to do, and it's not something that they can just implement, you know, whenever they want. But I feel like the public beta testing program would be an excellent opportunity for anyone to be able to get into the public beta tests to test out new upcoming content to make sure that they're getting full stress tests for this content. The the uh, cargo runs were pushed back two weeks as far as I understand so that they could work on bugs regarding uh, how water fills up in the, the ships and how it represents and then with the, the how it impacts with like rowboats and stuff. So uh, I, I know that there are problems that, that come up with testing and I know that there's even more problems coming with uh, testing on on a larger scale but the NDA on these I think needs to be lifted as well I think the NDA is choking a lot of pioneers from being able to talk about what's coming in upcoming content and Rare is kind of developing Sea of Thieves in my mind they're the way they're developing this still feels like it is a single title that they have a ship date for that they're planning on building everything they want to build hype on their terms they want to build it up slowly and they want to make sure that people get excited Excited for the right things at the right time and because of that the pioneers testing this are locked under an NDA and can't talk about what they're doing even if something has actually been announced the build run update has been announced but but they can't tell they can't say uh, you know, you, you can't talk about what you're doing, when you're doing it, and what it's involving. And I feel like that's something, and that that's something that goes across the board all the time. You can't talk about anything that you've done in the Pioneer testing. And I feel like with the Pioneers, that's an opportunity, just like with the deckhands being well-represented members of the community in the forums to discuss and help the team make sure that people are getting the correct information. I feel like the Pioneers are that for the testing. The Pioneers should be out there evangelizing the game in what's coming up for it, being excited for it, and letting people know what they should be looking forward to. Will this ruin some of the surprise and grandeur that comes with releases from, from you know, well-made well marketing videos? Yes. Will everyone be following this? No. Not everyone's going to be following these videos. A lot of people dip out of this game and go do other stuff and then come back during the big content releases when it would still be big surprise. The the point that I'm trying to get to is, is that if the pioneers are able to talk to the community members that stay on top of this stuff, then there can be a two-way street for communication about what's good, what's bad, what should be addressed, and what can be put off. Do we need to have certain things brought into the game with each update that the players actually want? Not necessarily. In fact, the update that we got just finally started talking about commendations that are going to be specifically for Pirate Legends, and I'm going to talk more about that, uh, kind of how I feel about it later on. But, you know, this is something that a lot of people have been asking for because pirates at, at Athena 10 are getting very, very bored. I'm I'm taking my time with level 9 because I, I know once I hit it, I'm not going to have a reason to throw down an Athena's Voyage. I can go do whatever I want, but I still enjoy doing the Athena's Voyages. So I'm halfway to 9, or I'm halfway to 10. I've gotten uh, I'm, I'm 9.5 in my Athena's levels, so I'm almost to 10. I'm almost there. I've only maybe got like 6 or 7 more Athena's in the Devil's Roar to do, and I've probably got it. So with the Pioneer testing, Rare should have a talk about if they're holding content information, whether or not this is something that's that's still in the mindset of having one game that they want to keep secret until they launch it and then hyping the hell out of it. Or if this is something that needs to be kind of trickled out, little bits of information, get 
get get get the community's feedback from the pioneers who were actually testing this. Let the pioneers be the the spokespersons or the spokespeople for uh, the 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 content that's coming, and let us work with Rare even closer to make sure that what is coming is is something that everyone is looking forward to. And I already know someone right now has just said in their mind, "But Logan, you can't please everyone." I understand that, but I guarantee you that anything that Rare comes up with is going to be something that people are going to be enjoying. Everyone tends to enjoy this stuff, but there's definitely a sentiment, especially around some of the streamers that I want to talk about later with the Reaper's Mark, that don't feel like there's as much to do in the game currently. And that's because they've gotten to the end and there's nothing there for them to do. So there's there's definitely going to be a player base drop off. I already know that there's a player base drop off that is occurring right now. And a lot of it has to do with the end of the the year fortunately for us this game was launched early in the year when there wasn't much going on there was a lot of hype at e3 we got two content uh updates since then but now we've got games like red dead redemption out we've got other games like smash brothers and stuff coming out there's going to be games coming out this year at the end in the winter that are going to be pulling people's attention away from sea of thieves so you're going to see a lot fewer people out on the seas you're going to see a lot more server merges and a lot more people that aren't really interested in having pvp and because of that, I feel like the best way to get people still interested in it is to open up the Pioneer program to people who want to get into it. I've applied to it. I applied to it when the game first started. I still can't get into it. It is a weird process. There's no logical reasoning behind how you get in. It just happens to be one of those things that you get pulled into. Uh, as a content creator, I don't have any more information than you guys do. Everything I get is from people leaking it in their own content or in their own areas, and I just have my fingers out there to kind of grab onto anything I can when I get it. If I can get access to stuff early to be able to properly hype this stuff up when the time is right, then I have the ability to make sure that Rare isn't having to do all the marketing on their own. That's part of my my thing here is to make sure that you guys are well informed about stuff coming out in the game. So just to kind of sum it all up so I can end this segment, I think that Rare needs to open up public beta testing for this and let pioneers talk about what they're doing so that the community can have better information to to give better feedback on so that content comes out that is more catered to the the community that is actually playing it not the people that are are coming in for content updates but the ones that are sticking around between content updates that are loving the game and will always seem to love this game and don't want to see it uh drop off in 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 the distance and i don't think that's going to happen i actually don't uh i think this game is still doing really well it's found its niche group and i think it could be one of the best communities i've ever been a part of so let us hype it for you rare let us do some of the work let us scale test it the way we did before the game came out when we were doing the scale test weekends it's possible you guys can do it just let us just give us the opportunity to build a second pirate so we can have something to grind when we're when we're not grinding our, our main character if there's nothing left to grind on our main character heck even give us a, a second pirate to actually play on give us another character uh, that we can create that way we can have two different personas or or at least like uh clothing loadouts so for, i mean i have a character that I built, uh, that I made in the game just from the customizations, Nigel. Nigel is is just a fun character that I like to play with, but I would love to be able to custom build a pirate from the infinity or from the infinite pirate generator that you guys worked so hard to make that has only ever served me once because there's no way I'm deleting my pirate and going again. But I, there's this big system you guys spend a lot of time on to make sure that people have an opportunity to build the kind of pirate that they want and and we, we can only do it once. Give us the ability to make multiple pirates if that's the case or give us the ability to play on a public test realm where we can have a brand new pirate all the time I, okay i think that's enough for for my rant I'll, i'm gonna go ahead and stop it here all right so now that i've actually gotten a lot of that off my chest i'm i'll, I'll trust me i've got a couple things i want to talk about later on this is going to be a very serious episode hope you're in for it I want to get into some of the exciting stuff that we actually got because this last developer update was amazing. We got a ton of information and yet not much at all. Um, so Joe talked a lot about the build rat update, the pioneers. He, he went ahead and gave us finally the name 
the thing we've been wanting to know, you know, I, we, we finally got the next title for the content update we're going to be getting in November, Shrouded Spoils. Now, this has absolutely nothing to do with Fall Snails, and Joe has since sent said that uh that, that was actually a very jet lag day and probably should not have uh, been taken so seriously um so that was that's that was funny to find out but that being said shrouded spoils it sounds amazing it sounds like uh we're gonna be on the hunt for some serious treasure maybe even something relating to captain flameheart uh we haven't heard his name in a while so you never know maybe there's something cool coming that we just don't know about but what we did find out was that we're getting a new mechanic, and I and I and I like this because uh, in the video at about three minutes in, it cuts from Joe talking about the shrouded spoils to him talking about fog, and it says right off the bat he says another mechanic we're bringing with shrouded uh, shrouded spoils is fog, and I think this is amazing because this. Like just the word usage, the way they they cut it, they had to pick the audio up from somewhere, and they decided to pick it up at uh, another mechanic. We're introducing in Shrouded Spoils is fog, suggesting that this is it's either one of two things, and I actually agree with uh, two spooks in um, the Discord that it could either be including all of the stuff that we've gotten from past adventures, from past content updates as mechanics, for example, like the rowboat or the the Reaper's Mark or the the you know different things that we you know powder kegs, things like that, cursed cannonballs is is different mechanics that we gotten into the game. I want to believe that this is actually an additional mechanic to something that is still coming in cursed or uh, shrouded spoils. I got to get used to calling it shrouded spoils. Um, so he says another mechanic su suggesting to me that there's another thing coming in this in this update, something that that they didn't even want to release information on. Like this was a teaser. This was a, a proper teaser about what's coming down the line to, for, for us to get excited for. And I'm excited because it, it he's talking about fog banks, about fog rolling in and rolling out of areas while you're on islands, while you're sailing, and bringing, bringing use to the crow's nest. Because as it stands, the crow's nest is kind of a hassle. You can generally see everything on the horizon uh, just from the the bottom of the ship, you know, on the on the actual deck, um, having the crow's nest be useful for something other than storing powder kegs would be amazing because it's it's something that I think I think it's a great idea. I love the idea of having a lookout. I like having the idea of someone keeping an eye on the horizon. But since the horizon's always visible for the most part, there's not much to really worry about. So having someone up above the fog bank, something to, to look out, keep an eye out for, for rocks, for other ships, for islands, I think it's great. I think it's exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. It looks amazing, and I can't wait to get photos uh, through the, the, the sunlight and stuff. You know, Already the sun and the lighting in this game is amazing because of the way it shines through everything you know just it, it really does feel real when you're when you're looking at it and you're just it's beautiful and I can't wait to get some beautiful shots like out uh on the ocean in the waves in the and uh, one thing I do want to talk about he, he mentioned that the, that they're kind of upping the sound when you're actually um when you're actually like in in the fog and it's quiet you can hear noises more like it, it kind of reverberates because of the way sound travels and the way it bounces off of parts Particles in in real fog, uh, it, you tend to get that kind of like I don't know. I, I lived in SoCal a lot, so I would hear stuff and I would hear echoes a lot more. Uh, like when I was up working in the mountains, didn't or in the hills, not mountains. They didn't have mountains down there. It was all hills. Um, it was always quiet, uh, and you could yell, and you would you would hear it, and it would kind of be like close by, but you would also get like the far the far um, echo off of the the actual hillside. So it was kind of weird, but. It was something I always loved in SoCal, you know, having that morning fog. And, and I, I can't wait to see how this is uh, kind of represented in the game. It already looks amazing. I can't wait to actually experience it. Uh, and I'm also looking forward to what this other mechanic might be. So Joe talks about that, but he also goes into uh, some of the other things that we're getting with the Shrouded Spoils. So Pirate Legends have commendations coming, and that's just the first thing that they mentioned, that we're going to be getting some commendations that are going to only be for pirate legends so 
and I'm a little two minds of this because we don't understand like what we're doing or what, what it's going to entail. We don't know if there are rewards involved. So we don't know if we're going to be getting the Athena's weapons that they teased a while back saying that they uh, were close to being finished and should be in, in an update coming soon. And I'm kind of wondering if uh, the the commendations are going to be retroactive or if they're going to be like, a, a, you know, something that you have to do after you've already, yeah, after the update comes. So, because I can imagine, you know, having some pirate legends, they would be, there are going to be some that are upset that all the hard work that they put in isn't counting towards the commendations already. But then again, if those commendations are complete by the time the commendations come out, then there's going to be a lot of pirate legends that are going to be like, well, that was a nice update, and they're not going to have anything to do again. So it's it's a catch-22. There's a, there's a tough side of the fence that you have to choose on how you want to implement that, and I don't envy Rare in any, any sense uh, for having to try and make that kind of a decision, especially regarding the pirate legends that are already Athena 10 and have been for a while. Speaking of, I'm nine and a half levels in. I'm so excited to get the... God, man, so many... So close to getting that. Uh, I did one today with uh, Tech Dragon that, that I'll probably use as um, uh, fodder for the, the Captain's Log because I haven't had much time to sail, but I've really been enjoying it. Anyway, tangents aside, the other thing that we're getting in the Shrouded Spoils that we know of so far deals with the expanded customizations. So ever since Curse Sales came out, we knew that we were going to be getting uh, new customizations thanks to some of the video or some of the, the, the photos that they put out that had content in there that shouldn't have been uh, released or it was a, a, a legitimate leak that they didn't intend on. So we knew that cannons were going to be getting customizations and then we eventually found out that capstans were going to be getting customizations and then they finally mentioned that officially that wheels were going to be getting customizations as well and I can imagine lanterns are going to be close on on the heels of this as well just based on the, uh, the, the lanterns that were chosen to represent the the shroud breakers lanterns in, in including um uh just kind of how they how they look and how they're different uh plus some of the data mine material that we've seen in the past so i i have a feeling that they haven't released they, they haven't shared everything that's coming as far as ship customizations i'm curious to find out like how much these are and how easy they are to apply uh you know if they're if it's something that you have to buy at the ship rank great if you just apply them the same way you do everything else awesome uh, but I, I imagine that that's going to be really fun to kind of start mixing and matching some of that stuff. The only question I really have, the thing that really kind of what makes me wonder is the Kraken liveries that we got during curse sales was time limited stuff. And if we're going to be getting cosmetics that come out during Shrouded Spoils that are matching that livery set, anyone that has sailed that missed out on curse sales is not going to be able to get those liveries. So they will be able to get the capstan, the wheel, and the cannons for liveries they can't get anymore, which goes back to my whole rant about how we need to have time-limited campaign stuff reintroduced as a way for people to still get them post-launch so that people don't buy cannon, capstan, and wheel customizations for liveries they'll never get. Ever. Seems kind of weird to me. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. That being said, um, I'm looking forward to seeing the Ocean Crawler stuff that was uh, released back when Forsaken Shores came out and we saw some of the photos in the the press page about that. Uh, I love that set. I think it's one of the coolest sets uh, I, I have. It's just so, so flavorful, so bright and vibrant. Other than that, that's all we know as far as the actual Shrouded Spoils expansion goes. We are going to be getting more information on November 10th. Uh, there is going to be an event going on down in Mexico City. And then during the Xbox Live uh, uh, stream or podcast stream thing that they do, um, they will be having a full kind of like chat about the, the upcoming update on November 11th. So the 10th, we'll get more information about Shrouded Spoils and when that's coming out, which will probably be two weeks after the actual release because they generally do trailers for the content uh, in the first week and a half of uh, the month that they're going to be doing it in. And then two weeks later, they typically release it. So it'll probably be out right around the time of uh, the holidays for, for Americans. So November 11th, keep an eye out, keep an ear out. I'll be following it as well. Um, there's going to be the, the content update after Shrouded Spoils is going to be announced 
and that may be something that we actually get in December, uh, which makes sense because we were we were told we were going to be getting six in the calendar year. I went back and checked. It is calendar year. Uh, and then now we have three. There's still three left to do. There's still only two months left in the <laughs> two months left in the year. I'm imagining we'll get one November and then one December. And then the third one had to get pushed out to December or to the, the next calendar year. Again, totally fine with it. Take your time. I'm ready to to wait. Uh, I would just like to have the weekly the weekly events on a actual weekly basis or bi-weekly basis just repeating constantly i'm fine with it let me go out and deal with the the mermaid statues again i'm fine smashing them it's cool i'm i'm totally cool with it that being said uh i think it's time to move on to the next little bit i think that's going to do it for the the actual developer update if i miss something feel free to let me know too because i don't want to miss out on something interesting and then have to come back and be like hey guys guess what i did pirates. So for the next item on today's docket, I want to touch back on what we found out from New York Comic Con panel. So I have been thinking a lot about the comics. And when they said, uh, Pete and Adam mentioned that these were going to be introduced in interesting ways, uh, which is kind of their code word for something that's usually done, you know, for mechanics. Um, and the more I kept thinking about it, the more I kept wondering, like, okay, how many ways could they possibly put comic books out into the the community? I mean, you've got physical books and then you've got digital books. And then I started thinking more and more about digital books. And then I started thinking more and more about where they could put digital books. And then I started thinking about the achievements that we have in game and how those give us art when you have the achievement. Now, how many of you have actually gone through and downloaded the key art to use for, you know, pictures, things like that? Personally, I haven't. I haven't actually done any of that, but I still like having them there. And it it made me wonder, you know, if if we get a content update that introduces these comics, especially as the comics originally started with the Pirate Lord's kids, uh, DeMarco, and, and with him and his sister coming to the game eventually, I'm starting to wonder if maybe we might get a new set of achievements. I don't know. Is that a thing with Xbox? I, I don't follow Xbox, so I don't know if that's something that they've done in the past. But I was thinking it would be kind of interesting if they released uh, comic book pages for achievements that you get for the for playing the game. And then I started thinking about achievements in the game. And I started to think maybe... Maybe the history of, so I kind of, I don't know, I'm, it's kind of a weird, weird thing to think about, but with, with the trading companies, we progress every five levels and we get rewarded every five levels with one of two items being upgraded in quality. We also get the, uh, the, the title as well as increased, uh, access or access to increased higher or higher level voyages. And I was thinking, with with those like markers, those five markers, every five, you know, there's ten. Uh, what? No, I'm sorry. Um, there's uh, ten different increments in from one to fifty, and each increment could be a way to access a page in a book that is a comic explaining the history of the merchant traders or the trade alliances i can't remember what they're called at the moment but you know what i'm talking about the gold hoarders the order of souls and the the merchant alliance if say you were playing the game and you, every time you hit five levels you would get another page of the comic and you'd be able to find out more information about the history of the trading company itself then you would actually have something else to kind of like an ancillary bit of of information that you got that just kind of gave you you know like some some lore about the world in an interesting new and <laughs> i'm doing it now in a new and interesting way than just going around and, and finding stuff out now i don't know how much of this is true um i i have a feeling that this might be what they're going with it's either going to be achievements or in-game content that is uh gated by reputation with the actual trading companies and i don't know how interesting it's uh, you know it's hard to know like you know how how cool these comics are going to be but if if they do do the comics i am looking forward to them regardless just because i'm interested in why the merchant alliance is actually in the sea of thieves gold hoarders i get it gold order of souls 
Souls, I get it. There's undead skeletons. You want to learn magic. Merchant Alliance, you like chickens? I guess. Bacon. Everybody loves bacon, I guess. Maybe it's bacon. They came for the they came for the special Sea of Thieves spiced bacon. Um, other than that, it's I wanted to kind of bring this up because I, I was I've been thinking about that and uh, just wanted to give you guys an update on my book progress. So unfortunately, I am the slowest reader in the world. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there are kids that are learning the English language or any language that could probably still read faster just by phonetically sounding out words than I can actually read as an adult who claims to be literate. That being said, I'm enjoying the book right now. Um, we I got a copy out to the Todd uh, or Jackal. He uh, won the review con or the review contest and congrats to him. I got his copy out to him. Uh, Bodhi Slam won the Twitter contest and he is in New Zealand and apparently things like customs customs factor in with Amazon still. So his copy should be arriving hopefully hopefully crossed fingers this Thursday he'll get to start reading it. That being said, I'm going to be reading more and more. Um, leading into this week, I have a couple days worth of work and then a couple days worth of school, but I'm going to have some time off before I ship out to BlizzCon. And I'm going to be at BlizzCon pretty much Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, even though it only really starts on Friday and Saturday. And I'm hoping that I'll have the book finished by then so that I can actually do a proper review of it. And then that's going to be the the one review. That's going to be the one actual like me sitting down talking about my thoughts on the book. Hopefully I'll have time to do this and uh, get it out for you. Otherwise, it'll probably have to be postponed till I finish the book, at which point I will probably just gather up the news and talk about that for the episode next week. Hopefully I'll be able to get this all done before I go to BlizzCon and I can record it, edit it, and actually put it together and just have it ready for you on Sunday and Monday. Uh, just kind of get you an idea of what's going on with, with me. I've um, I Every year I've, I've wanted to go to BlizzCon. Last year I got to go this year. I'm going again, but I'm not living five minutes away from the Anaheim Convention Center, so it's going to be a little bit more travel for me this time, but um, I've got a, a hotel set up so I can actually sit and think about stuff, and I will have a, uh, a, a tablet if I need to access anything in my phone, but for the most part, um, I'm going to be steeped for a very long time in Blizzard news, and you're probably going to see me doing a lot of tweeting about cosplay, about features, excitement in general. It's the one time out of the year that I really get to let my uh, Blizz blue blood shine. And uh, once once that's done, I'll be back and I'll be 100% on Sea of Thieves again. So no fret there. All right, so. The last two things I wanted to talk about today uh, revolve around the state of the game as it is. Uh, things that we've gotten over the last couple months and how they are in the game. Are they successful? Are they failures? Do they need to be addressed? What needs to be changed with them? These are the things that I think are, uh, you know, every time there's a bunch of content that comes out, and we've kind of played with it for a while and we have it in our system now. Same thing, just like with the barrels. Uh, I wanted to address those when those got fixed and changed and stuff. So there are things that we are still looking forward to with saying like the cursed cannonballs, having that radial whenever you're using a cannon to be able to select uh, the cannonballs easier. Um, things like that are still in the works. So I'm anticipating getting those eventually. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's still, that's actually in the game right now. The first thing I wanna talk about is the Reaper's Mark flag. Is this doing what we want it to do? Because as far as I know, the people that are out there that enjoy PVP, are wearing it they're putting it up and they're using it to its fullest extent but it doesn't seem like the people that i've talked to and bear in mind i have a small small group of community members that i'm in touch with so for me it's a very kind of like segmented group of the the, the community populace that are, are telling me yay or nay on this most streamers and i've talked to most of the the big ones um 
have said that the Reaper's Mark is not doing what it should be doing. It's not in, it's not having people find each other for PvP battles. If anything, it's acting as a deterrent for other people to be around the Reaper's Mark. And that I think is is kind of a bummer because I think the Reaper's Mark was one of those things that it was supposed to kind of be a challenge. But if people don't already have the Reaper's Mark up, then they probably aren't interested in PvPing, which means they aren't interested in challenging challenging someone who's looking solely to do PvP. So if you're lucky, you get on a server where you can actually have two people with the Reaper's Mark and they may actually go do some battle. But after a while, what do they do? Do they get bored and take it off? Well, that's fine, but you can still recognize the ship if you see it out there, unless they change the liveries or hop servers. And that brings me to uh, the, the, the problem with a lot of the streamers wanting to have interesting and exciting streams uh that was always that wasn't as as big a deal when they were grinding levels and having engaging battles in the sea especially at skull forts because that was always where you had pvp people wanted to get the skull forts because that was the best content in the game as far as loot as far as reputation until people started getting athenas and once people got athenas they would go and grind those and there'd be some people out there trying to kill pirate legends to get their athenas or to get their treasure because they knew they were probably hoarding it now that a, a fair majority of the population is getting closer and closer to athenas at least the or the pirate legend as uh, for the people that that like that pvp for the people that like to go out and do it it's becoming less and less common that people are able to actually go out and have pvp encounters in fact i went out with uh octurcus uh mike captain nightmare and jay pizzle uh, we all planned to go out and just sail around and get some PvP in our systems. And we did. We actually got to meet up with a couple galleons and have some engagements and we got our butts handed to us, which was a real kind of it was a it was a real kick in the teeth. It was a it was a bummer. But it was one of those things where we understood that we were asking for it. And at the end of the day, they beat us, we lost. It was a fair, a fair thing. Uh, we went and sunk a couple other ships out there and it was those were good, but they weren't expecting us. So anyone that was inspecting us generally beat us. Anyone that wasn't expecting us uh, generally lost. And I think that that kind of is how most of the PvP generally goes for people that are seeking it versus people that aren't expecting it. So, and I mean, that's kind of a dust statement. I don't know why I just said that. But things that they could do with the Reaper's Mark is trying to incentivize people to kill people like and, and this kind of goes into stuff that I know other people have come up with and are in other games where it's a bounty system um, a lot of people have, have referenced GTA as a way of doing this having a bounty system that you can put out on a, on a ship to apply the Reaper's Mark to them something they can't take down something that people have rallied against this crew and this crew is now so infamous that the the Reaper's Mark is now put on them, kind of like a black spot. You know, when when pirate films come out and pirate stories come out, you're given the black spot, which means you're you're destined to, to meet your doom in front of Davy Jones and, and go down into the locker. With the Reaper's Mark, I think this needs to be, I think you can have it as an option to put up there, but I think there should be a bounty system for people that are constantly sinking other crews. And those crews saying like, hey, Duke, this ship right here is constantly sinking us and we want to pay to put a bounty on their head and being able to do that. And now the reason I bring this up is the art book shows that there was at one point concept uh, bounty hunters and bounty dealers. So it's it's not too unheard of that this could be something that could be brought to the game. And I think if there are people that are out there killing other people and they aren't good enough to handle the PvP, but they still want to sail in a in a in a world where you know other people are looking for PvP, then a bounty system could help kind of incentivize that. If a crew loses really badly to another crew, then they could start putting a bounty out there and start rallying other crews against that crew. Maybe that would be a good way to do it. I think that's what they wanted with the alliance, but I think there's not enough incentive for people to do it unless there's a reason, unless there's a monetary gain, a promised monetary gain for people to get. Even killing a ship that has nothing on it because most of the PvP crews out there probably don't have much loot on there. They're probably really well stocked and looking for the hunt. Taking a step away from the Reaper's Mark, um, I want to talk about cargo runs and 
whether or not people are actually enjoying cargo runs. Because at the moment, I don't know many people that I've talked to about this that have said that they enjoy cargo runs. A lot of them think it's a nice change up from something that they've been doing in the past, but not many of them are actually completing them. If anything, a lot of people, especially in the Pirate Legend uh, arena, are getting the cargo runs in the Athenas and are then just picking up the items. And they might deliver some of it, but they don't really care if they deliver them at all. Uh, once you pick up the items, the, the quest log is cleared, and that's two, um, that's, that's two voyages on your Athena's run that you didn't have to really do much to accomplish. At least with the original merchants, you still had to go out and get the animals. And if you lost the crates, that was on you. But that was always a challenge. You had to make sure that you kept all the crates you didn't lose any otherwise you would have to wait a couple hours for the voyages to actually expire and that was something where it was always quicker generally just to go out and actually get them done as opposed to trying to wait them out what can they do with cargo runs okay well things that they can easily fix the gold return on those they can always make the gold higher to to make them more valuable more more people would probably do them in that case more people would probably seek them out they could increase the amount of damage they take or the time it takes for them to wilt or get uh damaged by water or damaged by rumbles as it is i feel like a lot of them are just a little too fragile once you jump a couple times you're basically going to have creaks in the or cracks in the bottles one cannonball shot can really kind of ruin up some of the, the 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 crates of rum so i think if you were to increase if you were to say maybe double the gold and reputation, then people might be incentivized a little more to actually go out and do them. As it is, I'm I'm glad that they're in the game. I'm glad that they're a thing to do instead of just regular chicken runs and gold snake runs. But as far as the actual cost or value, I think it's still going to be better to actually do merchant runs. So these are two things that I'm, I'm really curious to find out what the public or, you know, what pirates are actually talking about. What do you think about these? Do you think the Bears or the Reaper's Mark is actually still a, a good system? Do you think it needs to be removed and implemented in a different way? Do you think that cargo runs are valuable enough to do them? Do you actually turn them in? Is it something where you, you would much rather deal with these than actually actually doing um, pig runs or, or having to take care of pigs and crates. I, I'm curious, let me know what you think about these. All right, pirates. This week, I'm going to go ahead and skip out on the captain's log. I haven't had a good enough story to really, really regale in the, in the podcast. But I think I'm going to take a couple from the First Mate's log and the Keelhauled podcast Discord server to make up for that. So if you've read these, then you've already you've already gotten a chance to enjoy them. If you haven't, and you're missing out, because, uh, well, actually, you're not missing out because I'm going to read them. It was a calm day on the Sea of Thieves. Me and my right hook man, Kyle, were just setting sail on our sloop for what we thought would be a journey of chickens, snakes, and grog. But that all changed when some unexpected fortunes came our way. We were headed to Thieves Haven to collect chickens for our future delivery when we saw a galleon anchored at the island. It seemed lifeless, and so I decided to shoot myself over to have a peek inside and maybe snatch myself some treasure if they had any. Well, they had some treasure. Filling the captain's quarters with so many captain's chests and villainous skulls and other loot, I couldn't count it all. Instead of taking something and running, I decided we were going to have it all. I signaled to my crewmate to open fire onto the galleon. I scurried below deck to watch as the water poured in. I then waited. Down came two pirates, jacked out in the oh-so-recognizable purple garb. They didn't notice me. I proceeded to hack the first one to bits with my sword. Then, as the other one turned to fight, I blasted him with my blunderbuss, sending him to the ferry. The bottom was nearly full, so I moved to the middle deck. Hiding behind the stairs, I waited for reinforcements to come down. Two more ran below. A shot in the back and then a swipe of the sword finished the first one off. By now, there was no saving the ship. 
it was nearly sunk. Until the top deck, the last crew chased me. The ship began to groan with anguish as me and the pirate legend fought with swords back and forth. We blocked each other's blows until one poorly aimed thrust spelled the end for the last of the crew. The ship was submerged along with me as the treasure floated to the top. Me and my mate began loading it aboard. The sheer amount of treasure that we had pilfered took so long to move to the ship that by the time we loaded the last chest, the galleon was already back on us. We knew this was a fight. We weren't going to win. Three angry pirate legends were not to be trifled with. We had to find a way to lose them. Setting sail directly into the wind kept their superior speed from catching us but we weren't getting away either. Sailing halfway across the Sea of Thieves in what seemed like a stalemate gave us lots of time to think. In this time, we had hatched a plan. Coming up on Golden Sands Outpost, we took a sharp turn around the island, brushing very close to the dock. My crewmate Kyle jumped off and waited. The galleon had no choice but to execute the same turn that we had if they wanted to continue the chase. As they came round the dock, my crewmate boarded. He rushed up to their ladder and without even drawing a weapon, ran straight to the anchor. The galleon's crew was so occupied with adjusting the sails, he released the capstan and the anchor began spiraling down before they could even stop him. As the anchor caught the ground, the ship turned sharp, facing the opposite direction. We pulled away from Golden Sands and caught the wind, putting distance between us and the galleon. Eventually, the crew managed to collect themselves and were close enough they could see us. They continued the chase, but we were still had one more trick up our sleeve. We were making our way to Plunder Outpost, and the galleon was beginning to gain on us. But between us and Plunder Outpost was our saving grace, a storm. We went straight in. And the more lost we got, the better. The wild waves and winds consumed us. We couldn't see a thing more than a few ship lengths in front of us, but neither could the galleon. After fighting with the deadly storm for what seemed like an hour, we could see the light on the other side, and in the distance, a silhouette of an island. Plunder outpost. As the waves calmed and the rain ceased, we both looked back at the storm, waiting. No galleon ever sailed out of that storm. We solemnly docked at the outpost, still watching for signs of danger. We sold our ill-gotten gains, feeling proud. We had bested the crew of legends. The celebration ensued on the dock as we retired our trusty sloop with a send-off of grog and music as we scuttled her. It hadn't quite been the journey we planned it to be. But like Duke always says, get out there, get in trouble, get a few scars. Hobo Sloth, thank you for your tale, mate. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope you're ready for the second story. This one comes from Birkin. I went on a gold holder's voyage today for a massive load of gold. Gum Gum Cannon and I did about half of the islands before we cashed out and he left, and it was a good haul of booty. I wanted to finish out the voyage, but the next island had nine chests to dig up on Devil's Thirst. I suppose it was thirsty indeed to have swallowed the gold of nine chests. Fortune was with me, or so I thought. I quickly found eight of the chests and gathered them quickly, each one a first strike find. I had a rowboat with me, so I began to load it up, worried that the island would surely begin to smoke soon. Sure enough, as I loaded the fourth chest, the island began to shake violently. I quickly decided to leave the remainder on the shore and escape with what I could. Alas, I must have been cursed by my greed. I could barely see the sides of my rowboat, and if I dared to stand, it would tip me overboard. I fought valiantly through and made it back to my ship, but not before several large boulders had pummeled it. Knowing there was some loot aboard and having trouble docking the rowboat, I decided to try and save the ship. I bailed and I patched as fast as I could, but it seems one pirate is no match for the devil's roar. My trusty ship sank and I mourned the loss of so much loot. I managed to find a new ship way up north, but the wind was against me. And on my way back to tap the ninth and final chest, I'm not ashamed to admit this, 
that I shed a tear on that slow voyage and sang a sad shanty for all me lost loot. But as I pulled up to the island, what should I see? <laughs> yes, it was my rowboat, still filled to the gills with the glittering gorgeous gold. Better yet, the curse was lifted. I was able to quickly dock the rowboat, unload the loot, and then take it back to the island, where I quickly dug up the ninth and brought the ones that I had written off back to the ship. It was glorious. With a gleeful spirit, I headed towards Ancient Swire Outpost to sell my loot and call it a night. I was tired of volcanoes, you see, and thought a little trip to the Ancient Isles would be a nice change of scenery. As I approached the island, my spirits sank as I saw a galleon. I quickly raised my flag of parley, but the scallywag shot cannons at my beautiful ship. The wind was with me, though, and those marooned morons were anchored, so I managed to slip away with my loot intact. With spirits high, I sailed up to Galleon's grave, loading my loot into my trusty rowboat along the way. The island was empty when I arrived, but I was taking no chances. I set my ship on a safe course with the full sails and left my loot on my little rowboat. I'm happy to say that the fortune I gathered was enough for me to retire in comfort at Galleon's grave. Bergen, mate, congratulations on your booty. I'm glad to hear you got it all in one piece, if not maybe two. <laughs> All right, pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keelhaul. Thank you very much for listening to it. I hope you had a good time. I know I can get kind of ranty sometimes about some of this stuff, but it's because I think that this game has so much potential that I know if we just put our ideas out into the ether, that Rare will listen, they will hear us, and they will help turn this game into the best game it could possibly be, even though I already love this game to death. So... For the next week, again, I'm going to probably try and get a uh, the book review out. If I can't get it done in time, then I'm going to do a normal episode just based on the information that we get this week coming up and what we should be getting. F expect the next couple weeks to be pretty intense, though, because we're going to get more information about Shrouded Spoils, release dates, videos. Uh, we're, I'm going to be finishing up the book so I can talk about that. And, uh, yeah, I apologize in advance for any BlizzCon that, that saturates my Twitter feed and annoys you for not being Sea of Thieves content but I love Blizzard what can I say <laughs> so if you want to get a hold of me you can always do so reach out to me I love it uh, c-a-p-t-l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com is my email you can always reach me at Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. If you haven't joined the Discord and you're not sure what Discord is, do a quick little Google search. Find out what Discord is. Grab the link in the show notes. Join our server because we've always got pirates looking to sail and they're always looking to try uh, new experiences with new pirates in interesting ways. I can't get over that. It's what pirates do, I guess. So... That being said, I'm going to try and stream more. I actually picked up a Stream Deck Mini that I need to install and program so I can actually do cool little transitions that everyone loves because that's what streamers are good at. And I'm going to try and be a better streamer as I go along. So uh, feel free to follow me over at twitch.tv forward slash C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You already knew that. Anyway, pirates, that's gonna do it. Thank you. I love you, and I can't look. Uh, I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.